Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, so... Whew, there we have it. There we have it. Away at the Etihad. Depleted squads. And Tottenham Hotspur still play the way they want to play. They were called naive. All throughout the game, they were called naive. The tactics were questioned. Ange Postacoglu was questioned. But here we are. Tottenham Hotspur have come away from the Etihad with a point. 3-3. Look, I'd completely written this game off. I was saying beforehand, this is going to be 5-0 to Manchester City. This is going to be ugly. This is going to be horrible. But as long as we come away from this, having played the way we want to play, that's all we have to be, you know, grateful for, I guess. And it sounds so defeatist. It sounds so pessimistic. But we are in the midst of like such a huge injury crisis, right? It's it's mad. It's mad how many players we've had out, do have out. We've started again with Ben Davis and Emerson Royale in the centre-back positions. And we've come away with that. We've managed to play the way we want to play and come away with a point against... I mean, how... Look, <laughs> how Tottenham is this? We talk about Spursy. We talk... Um, it's always used in this like negative sense, right? It's always used as in... If we lose a game, uh, Spursy. If, a, if we sell Harry Kane, uh, Spursy. All this type of thing. I'll tell you what is Spursy. It's the fact that we can generally be counted on to lose the most abysmal games. You know, if it's what if it, West Brom away, we need to beat West Brom to get into the Champions League. This is a, an entirely created situation. But you know what I mean, right? We'll lose those type of games. What is Spursy is that we, we can have a hoodoo over Manchester City, but not just Manchester City. We can have a hoodoo over one of the greatest <laughs> managers in the history of football, in Pep Guardiola. It is so absolutely bonkers to me that we are forever just in their heads. Wherever We're forever in their heads, we're forever in his head. Always. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why is it that, why is it that we can just do this to them? I, I think, I spoke to David Mooney before the game, Manchester City fan, really good chat. You can listen to it. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, basically. And I was asking him, why is it that Spurs still managed to do one over you? Like, and we were just talking about the fact that, you know, this sort of stuff, we talk about club DNA and all these sort of intangible things. Maybe there is just this intangible element to this where we just rattle them. Where they just think, we, oh God, we have to beat Spurs. We have to. Because we always either lose or mess up against them. And they do. And it's so mad. It's so mad how it's always against them. It's always against them. We had absolutely no right to come away from the Etihad with anything today. And I don't think that's negative. I think that's just saying it how it is. Let alone, like I say, playing the way that we want to play. We've done it again. We've absolutely done it. And it's just mad. It's mad. And you know what? I was completely, completely like comforting myself with the idea that, oh, well, if they beat... I'm sorry, I know people don't like this type of thing, but I was comforting myself with the idea that, oh, well, if we beat them, if they beat us, sorry, I mean, I'm not going to have to comfort myself if we beat them, but... If they beat us, at least they'll be closer to Arsenal. And maybe Arsenal won't win the league. I started to feel that a bit less when Liverpool managed to get the business done over Fulham before the game. And always the other thing is as well, when you see the two teams, when you, you, see all the, you hear all the preamble, you see the lineups, you see the two teams there, the pitch all set up, 
referee blows the whistle, you just think, I want Tottenham to win. You know, I just, I want us to win. Like, I don't, I don't, as soon as the game starts, everything before, beforehand is this kind of like damage limitation. Well, we're probably going to lose this, but we're playing well under Ange. We've got an injury crisis, but, 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 it will get them closer to Arsenal. All these caveats that you tell yourself, as soon as the game starts, as soon as the referee's whistle sounds, I immediately just, don't we all, don't, don't you just revert back to that mode of, I want Tottenham to win. They have to win. I want to see us win. Um, and I thought, I, like, when, we, when it went to 3-3, I, I was kind of thinking, this is it. We're going to get him here. We're going to do it again. Somehow or another, we're going to do it. Richarlison's going to do it or something. I don't know. It didn't happen, but I'm happy with that. I can take that. I can take a 3-3 draw at the Etihad any day. Any day. Because... You know, really, we have no right to be doing that, do we? We have no right to be doing that. And that's that's pretty mad. But that... It, it, I was... I was comp- when it was 3-2 to them, when Grealish went up and scored, I thought, ah, oh, damn, that's it, you know? But we've played so well today. I'm not even that pissed off with anybody. You know, I was pissed off with Basuma, actually. I was pissed off with Basuma for, for their third. But still... I was thinking, you know, I'm not actually that annoyed with anyone today. They've all done their best. I think, yeah, Royale and Davis, I, th- I think, got targeted, as as you can imagine. Don't think they completely showered themselves in glory. But at the same time, I, I honestly, I don't think they were a complete abomination. I'll do the player ratings and stuff in the second half, as you know. But, you know, we were good. Spurs were good today. We played the way that, you know, Ange wants us to play. We keep getting told we're naive. We keep getting told that we can't go to these places. We were told at the start of the season we can't go to the Emirates and play. We were told we can't play that way against Liverpool. We were told we can't play a certain way against Chelsea. And yeah, we got battered for that, for for playing that way against Chelsea. But still, as that quote that I always throw back to is is Ange saying when, you know, he was losing 3-0, maybe with Barcelona. That's when I knew I had him. And I think he knows he's got us now. He's got us. And ultimately, look, I, I get this. I get this. I get why people get a bit wound up about this. And just maybe got, a, you know, the view from the lane. They, you know, Danny Kelly pissed everyone off the other day because he went on a bit of a rant, didn't he, about like how much Ange is too much Ange and all this sort of thing. And I'm, you know, maybe that was the talk sport. You know, he's worked on talk sport for 20 odd years now, like, you know, maybe maybe it's a it's a hard uh, a hard habit to kick that. But I think for the most part, considering I've not always been the biggest fan of Danny Kelly, for the most part, I've actually quite warmed to him since he's been on the View from the Lane podcast. But that ran, I did think, mate, come on, lad. The past couple of years, you've been going on and on and on about Conte, and I've been like nodding my head, agreeing with you. Everything you've been saying about. All the values that Conte imbues is nothing Tottenham. None of it. This sit back, wait to hit somebody on the counter, all that type of stuff. Our club motto is to dare is to do, right? Ange Postacoglu, like, is that. He is that personified, right? Or, do, or dare est faki. I think it's fakiri, isn't it? I want to say, I think Flav. Flav had um, year, and this is years back. On Fighting Cock, Flav got what was his name? Flav got um, one of the contributors to come on who could speak Latin because everyone has always said like Orderest Facieri or something, haven't they? But I think he said it's actually Orderest Fakiri. Um, whatever it is, to dare is to do. That's what Ange is. We've dared to do away at the Etihad, and look, we've come away with a point. We have it. Just makes you think, doesn't it? It just makes you throw back to if we had our full strength team. If we had the team that we saw at the start of this season, what a game that would have been! What a match that would have been! And maybe we would have been done. I don't know. Who knows? But it just the thing that's exciting about this is that we're playing this way right now with the team that we have available to us, and just not. He's not, you know, selling out on his principles. He's sticking to them. He's a brave man. Like, 
he's a brave guy and I love it. I love that he's doing this because my sort of long-winded point before I was going on about the view from the lane is I get why people get a bit worried about this, why they think, you know, maybe Anne should try just find a bit of a middle ground. But I don't... I don't... I just, who wants to see that? We've seen that for years now. We've seen this milk toast approach to games and what it does for Spurs. What is sitting back at the Etihad going to do for us? What is inviting pressure from one of the best teams in world football going to do for us? Other than probably see them score more goals. We've done that experiment. And most of the time we've seen when we actually go at teams like City, when we went at Arsenal earlier on in the year, we were all the better for it. You know, it's just, come on, right? This is this is this is just this is this is just what we want to see, isn't it? Don't you want to be excited from football? And yeah, there will be the odd battering. There will be games like Chelsea when we're playing over high line with nine men. But you know, the, the who was it that was talking about this? I think I was just talking to one of my mates, not a Spurs fan, about this, saying, mm, you know, even I, because he was asking me what I thought about Ange, and I was like, wow, yeah, he's great. I really, really like him. The 4-1 at Chelsea, maybe, maybe he could have tried a bit more. And he's like, well, yeah, but at the same time, if you've got nine men, surely the best thing is to go at somebody like that. Because they're going to be able to score goals against you because he's depleted numbers. But if you actually cause a problem for them, if you cause headache for them, that kind of the best form of defence is attack, is going for a team when you've only got nine players suddenly makes them think, well, maybe we can't commit too many players into attack each time because they're really going for it. And it did make me think, and it, it, it's a good point. Um, I really need to remember who said that to me, who I'm sourcing. But it's it's a... I think it might be my mate Colin at work, actually. I think it was, yeah. Um, Man United fan. Uh, it's... Oh, it's just good that it's good after no win November after just losing these games and kind of being annoyed about it, but not really being annoyed with the situation, as I've said on here plenty of times, right? Being annoyed with the situation, but also just realizing that Spurs have got this unprecedented injury crisis. What are we supposed to do? We're in stasis. We've seen how good this team is when we got the likes of Madison, when we got the likes of Van der Ven. But we'll just make do with this because we know how good it's going to be. But to, to come and do this at the Etihad is, is amazing. I mean, look, what one thing I would say is, talking about those two, talking about Romero, talking about Van der Ven, I think one of the things that I mostly noticed from this game, especially that first half, which I thought was hard watching. I, I thought that was tough, seeing them just be pretty relentless with us right um is that the the two defenders van der ven and romero within this system obviously they stop the opposition from scoring because they're both excellent defenders but they're the, the way in which they press their their aggression like both in possession and out of possession but they're, they're both not afraid to press with the ball they can both pass they're both technically very sound footballers most of our play originates from them. And the fact that they are so like effort, not effortlessly, but so comfortably cool in their defensive duties, it allows them that extra, extra capacity to support and start to build the attacks for us. Because I, I felt that like the Celso and Basuma in that first half were just really like, and I didn't even particularly blame them, to be honest. I, I, I tweeted something to this effect and it was, you know, surprise surprise on Twitter these things are often a bit polarizing and some people agreed and some people thought they could have been trying a bit harder but I didn't really think that either of them was getting enough support from behind to allow them to play the way that they want to play and it made me just throw back to you like yeah Van der Ven and Romero are just so essential to this team they're so essential to us and even if it's not Van der Ven and Romero there may be two actual kind of centre-backs two centre-backs who are at least better suited to this system, Ange Postacoglu's system. I think at the moment there's this big kind of, you know, because he said no about Dyer playing, everyone was celebrating and making out like this some big thing with Eric Dyer. I don't think it's that. I really don't think it's that deep. I think Eric Dyer's a very good professional and I don't, 
I think he probably realises he needs to leave Tottenham now because he's just not well suited to the way we want to play anymore. He isn't. And I still think Eric Dyer will go elsewhere in the Premier League, Crystal Palace, somewhere like that, and suddenly look like a really good defender again. He'll be one of their best players and they'll build a team around him, right? But in this system, we need those aggressive, technically sound footballers, physically able, defensively almost immaculate, as Romero and Van der Ven are, because it's such a high-risk game that we play, really. And I, actually, I say that, I think that is a little overstated, because high-risk, I think... I think high-risk plays into the idea of the likes of Carragher and Neville saying Tottenham are, Tottenham are naive here, Tottenham are doing this, Tottenham are doing that, which I think really does a disservice to Ange Postacoglu. I think a lot of people forget, just because it's his first Premier League job... Ange Postacoglu's in his, in his late 50s, early 60s, right? He's a man that's been all around the world. He's won, the, he's won the Asian Games with Australia, you know? He's won leagues wherever he's been. Like, he's an accomplished, seasoned winner. He's, he's you know, he's a, he's a brilliant manager. This idea that he's just saying, ah, you know, just go for it, lads, kind of, I think is nonsense. We clearly have a plan. We clearly are very, very well drilled for everything that people always used to say about Conte's automations. Never saw it. If you were to talk to me about Ange Postacoglu having automations or something of the like, I would buy that much more because you see these patterns of play. You see these, and they must be drilled. These drilled moves that we do when we are going into this sort of a counter-attacking or just an attacking phase of play. The way we knock the ball about at times is beautiful. That first goal was lovely, absolutely lovely. Hotspur memories, Kyle, who's been on the pod before, messaged me after that goal, seeing like it's such a shame that that Sonny, Sonny's first goal is just going to sort of disappear. And this is around the time we were losing. Sort of disappear from the collective consciousness because it was lovely. It was a really good goal. And I, so this idea of, I think when I say high risk, when I say that it's a risky style of players, we play a high line, right? We rely on our defensive players to be be part of the attacking phase of play. And that carries with it risks. But as we found over the past few years, having all your defensive players sit back and do absolutely bugger all for most of a game carries with it risks too. So I just think, you know, the way the way Ange goes to this type of stuff is is unbelievable and it's brilliant. I've had Just Gems here in the comments say, so tired of being called naive to dare us to do. Yes, mate. Absolutely agree with you there. Um, Drew Spencer, great result. Rode our luck, but we deserved something. Agree. Um, We were great going forwards at times. Absolutely agree. Um, William Gardner. Hello, Jack. Hello, mate. Hello, Will. How you doing, mate? It felt strange not to have a crushing VAR decision go against us. It did. It did. And that skip one right at the end, I was thinking, oh, God. And I I, I don't, I hate to say it because it was so soft. But I do almost feel like we maybe got away with one a little bit there, a little bit with a skip one. He was pulling his shirt. He had the hand on the shoulder, which I think, meh, you know. But he was tugging on his shirt a bit. And all I'm saying is, if it was the other way around, I'd probably be a little bit annoyed. They also, <laughs> the referee stopping play when Grealish just threw on goal. I have no, he's had an absolute mare there, that lad. Like, absolute mare with that. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um... Francesco Sidoli says LaCelso brilliant today. Great goal. Great goal. First half, I didn't think so much, but I do think he came into it. He did knock the ball about very nicely. Maybe he just needs to get, you know, more more of a run of games. Just Gems has also said loved Haaland getting rattled. I did notice that before I came up here to record. I did see Haaland kicking off. He had his big um what's his name? The lad from Ghostbusters 2 in the painting. He had his hair out like him. And he was getting all like pissy with somebody, telling someone to fuck off or something like that, wouldn't he? It's um I don't know if anybody saw if you can tell me what he was getting so rattled about. It was uh it was funny. Um 
Look, I, I don't know. It's 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 mad, isn't it? It's mad. I'm just trying to see if I've got any more decent comments in here. Um, Brian Park, is there anything more ironic than the Etihad fans chanting cheat, cheat, cheat at the end? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, Juice Nuts says, this draw could be the start of a mini run. Could be. Could be indeed. Let's hope so. Um Tony Stark's Royale was trash. I don't. I. Th- I don't know. He's been. I think that's a little unfair, Tony. I think he was playing playing out of position. They were clearly targeting him as a result of that. He's not a centre back, you know. I think he did all right. All right is what I'm going to say. Right. I think if I'm if I'm going to be kind to him. Um. Let's have a look. Luis Fernando Rodas. Hi, Jack. Just started watching. Did you look at the table already with just six points off the top? Just saying with the eyes emoji. I mean, it's true. It's true. We are so close still. And that's partly down to the amazing start to the season we've had. And you know what? Maybe it's quite nice. Maybe it's quite nice just to be off the top spot for a bit. Just if we can keep kind of going around at this point, would it be nicer not to lose to Wolves, and it definitely would have been nicer not to lose to Aston Villa. If we'd have had two draws out of there, then maybe, you know, that would have been a bit nicer. But still, hovering around this point, you know, we're gonna have a we're gonna have an unbelievable team come back to us next year. So, you know, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Um Worth watching, so Ian B says, worth watching the US post-game commentary. Tim Howard and Robbie Earl were gushing about Angie's mentality. Howard couldn't wipe the smile off of his face. We keep going, yes, yes. Love it. Like, you've got to love it, haven't you? Like, I think it's... uh, We're going for it, you know? We're going for it. And he's not going to be told otherwise. He's not going to be told by anybody how we should be playing, what he should be doing. If he's And I just, again, I don't buy that he's naive. I really, really don't. I loved his, um, you got to throw back to when he said to Neville that time, when Neville was like, yeah, I tried playing this way at Valencia or whatever. And Ange just said, yeah, and how did that go, right? Like, you got somebody like Gary Neville calling Ange Postacoglu naive. I mean, let's, let's have a word, shall we? Um... Mark Jenkinson says, big shout out to the lads. What a great result. Never expected that. Coys, Spurs Simpsons, shout out to Jamie Donnelly for getting his debut. Yes, Spurs Simpsons, lads. Very much agree. It's good for him to uh, to see a bit. I mean, you know, he didn't see much time, did he? But still, it's nice. It's nice to kind of get that. And it also, in a way, it. I, I wonder if that's kind of a smart move from, from Ange in so much as... It takes a bit of pressure off of him when he actually, you know, if he actually gives him more of a game. So it's not all like, oh, it's the young man's debut. It's this, it's that. It's the fact he's had his debut in this kind of game and it's all right. You know, we've, we've, his debut came in a 3-3 draw away at the Etihad in the most unlikely of circumstances. That's what history remembers. That's what the narrative is. And he has less of that pressure on him coming into it. But I still think so. I mean, like, um, uh, It was said, I'm just trying to find out it was said it on Twitter when we were talking about Dorrington. Um, Lily White, I thought it was Lily White Rose. So Lily White Rose, who uh, I'm actually going to have on the pod this week as well. Um, When he was asked, why doesn't Dorrington start? He can't be worse than Royale at centre-back. He said, asking an 18-year-old who has never played a second of senior football to make his debut away at the treble winners to man-mark Erling Haaland may not be in the boy's best interest. Completely agreed, right? You've got to agree with that. Like, it's just, it's not the time. It's not the time or the place. If ever there were a time for that expression, not the time or the place is that. But I do think we're going to see more of these lads. Ange isn't afraid to give some of these lads minutes. It's going to be good, right? It's going to be good. Um, oh, I just think, you know, this is good, man. This is good. Like, for this time, like the whole kind of 
damage limitation. Oh, at least Arsenal aren't winning shit. It doesn't matter at the moment, right? Can get in the bin. Right now, what's important is Tottenham Hotspur. And we've gone away to the Etihad. And I was about to say we've won. (laughs) We haven't won, but it feels like it. It feels like it after that last month. And it feels like it doing it to them. Getting a result there. Um... Or a draw there. I've done it again. I've done it. He's done it again. He's done it again, that trunk. Um, Class, you know, absolutely class. William Naylor asks, predictions for the West Ham line, uh, for the West Ham game, given that Romero and Ritchie back available. Uh, I don't know, mate. I can't think about that one right now. I can't think about that one. I'll, I'll, I'll cover that off in the week at some point. For now, you know, the City game, here and there, here and now. Um, let's do the player ratings. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So... Vicario, he's letting three goals today, so I can't call him flawless. But he's still, he's just such an exceptional goalkeeper. His presence is massive. He he pulled off some brilliant saves. Right at the start of the second half, I want to say, he pulled off that incredible, like, outstep finger, outstretched fingertip save against Bernardo Silva. Um, so, yeah, prop, massive props to that. Um, I'm sure he'll be pleased to hear me saying that. Uh, and just, he, he he makes himself big. He is a massive bloke. But the way in which he makes himself big in those one-on-one situations, he's great, man. He's such a good goalkeeper. His distribution's lovely. He's cool when he's on the ball. I love him. Like, he's such a good goalkeeper. He's brilliant. I mean, what a signing. Data-led acquisitions and all that. Like, bring it on. Give it to me. Because... You know, lovely, lovely, lovely um, goalkeeper. Pedro Porro, I thought was magnificent today. I thought he was brilliant. Um, Tony Starks has said Porro, player of the season so far. He's up there. He's definitely up there. He's, he's yeah, completely. I, I, like, thank any time right, I say, like, a player... I've got egg on my face from a Tottenham player doing well. It's brilliant, right? That's what we all want. If you've had a, if you've had an opinion or a prediction, you don't think a Tottenham player is particularly good, and they end up being really good. And when other people are like, "Ah, you said this," it's like I really don't care because that means they're doing well for Spurs, and that's fantastic. Right? People can have all their preconceived ideas about podcasters and all this type of thing. It's your ego; it's more important. It really isn't, babes. Like. For me, it's Spurs doing well. And Pedro Porro has been really, really good. Like, really unbelievably good. Um, for so long now, actually. And today, I thought I thought he was unbelievable. I think, yeah, he helped support an attack. I think he was busy. I think he, you know, didn't allow Manchester City much time on the ball. I think... You know, it's it's he's such a Manchester. It's so funny that like they signed him, and I know he didn't make the grade there, really make the grade. But you know what I mean. City didn't stick with him, I guess, because they got Carl Walker, who, let's be honest, is probably the best right wing back in the history of the Premier League. You know, I think you'd be hard pressed to find another one better. Sorry, um, I got told off the other day by Rosa actually for drinking on the pod I'm, I'm to put myself on mute which is fair because I don't like it either when people drink or vape vaping's another one on, on pods and stuff like that 
eating is the way. Uh, if you've watched, we're talking about Miss Fona, so I'm, I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but if you've watched the the Squid Game game show, the thing they're doing, and look, don't please don't come at me with the takes about this being problematic. Game shows have always had money involved, right? And I, I know entirely what the plot of the fictional Squid Game was about, and I know that it's a bit ironic that they're doing a Squid Game game show now in real life. I get that. But game shows have always had an element of winning money in them, right? They always have done. You play the lottery, you're having a gamble, all this type of thing, whatever. Anyway, on that one, the licking the sugar biscuit game. Unacceptable. Unacceptable to have that much of a salivary kind of noise presence. No, 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 not for me. Um, so sorry for me just having a drink there. Pedro Porro, great. Emerson Royale, yeah, look, you know, not amazing, not amazing, but he's not a centre back. But the thing that I can give for Emerson Royale that, you know, I think he's absolutely deserving of that Ange has hinted at with many of these players, with this squad, with the type of players he likes working with. He likes working with players who, when he says, right, jump in at this position or jump in here, jump into this game, they're ready to go. Like, they're ready to go. And that's Emerson Royale, man. Like, you can't you can't take that away from him. Like, he gives it his best. Like, he gives it his best in nearly, like, every game he plays for us. I can't, you know... I don't know. I can't see, like... I can't... I can't see a way in which you can get that frustrated with him. I think he's a really good squad player. And yeah, he wasn't impeccable today, but he's not a centre-back. And he's playing against Manchester City. Like Manchester City. They're one of the best teams of all time. They're probably the best team in the world right now. Come on. Ben Davis, again, I, I would say, do you know what? Control C, control V of what I've just said there about Emerson Royale. Like that's, you know, I think that's uh, that's what I can say of, of Ben Davis, you know. Um, Destiny a doggy, a d- decent performance today. Not one of his, not one of his greatest performances, I don't think, by his own lofty standards. He set the bar very high for himself and it is always worth remembering. I don't, don't get me wrong. It's worth remembering he's young. He's a young player, first season, you know. He's allowed to have games where he's less than amazing. Again, playing against Manchester City. Again, having to, you know, shepherd Ben Davis and Emerson Royale. So he's he's learning on the job, right? He's learning to do this type of thing now. I still think he was very good. I do. I do. I, th- I think he was very good today. Very strong. Um... He's just such an asset to the team. I really do love him. Like, I really, really do love him. He's one of my favourite Tottenham players. Um, I hope hope he will be one of my favourite Tottenham players for many years to come. Because I think he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a lovely, lovely footballer, isn't he? He's a lovely footballer. Yves Basuma. <laughs> Maybe one of the few... Not so positive points from today was Eve Basuma. And of the past few weeks, maybe not one of the most positive points. Obviously, he's had his suspension uh, for getting sent off against Luton. And he, he started the season so well. He started the season like brimming with confidence. He was a real leader on the pitch. Him and Madison, absolutely sensational together. Linking up beautifully. Um... I was sort of seeing with him, there was shades of, you know, Musa Dembele in there with, with Yves Basumas. Finally, uh, another press-resistant midfielder who can knock the ball about, probably in an offensive sense, maybe even a bit better than Musa Dembele. Um, I'm just saying in an offensive sense. But for a while, his performance levels have dipped a bit. Maybe he's lacking confidence a little bit. 
maybe it's that James Madison's out and those two had such a good partnership and worked so well together that he's needing to, you know, work things out, work out Lo Celso, work out Kulisevsky in that central position. Um, so again, maybe learning on the job. And for their third goal, I mean, come on, lad, just get rid of it. Get rid of it. You know, I... Uh, I love it. Like, um, Esaki says, not too upset by him being off the pace of the last couple of matches. He needs to get back into his rhythm. Um, being Madders or Saar. I'm not sure what that last bit means, but uh, the, the overall point, yeah, I agree. I agree with you because I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not writing Basuma off at all. If you've listened to this for the whole season, you'll know that Basuma's been one of my favourite players this year. Um, I've absolutely loved him. I, I when I did the international break rankings with with Sean Walsh previously, um, I put him up there with Madison as one of our best players of of the season so far. And I think that was our quarter of the way season review of how the players were getting on. Yeah, I put him up there as you know one of the be- one of our best players. So look, I'm not I'm not by any stretch of the imagination writing Basuma off. I agree with you that he just needs to needs to get you know needs to get back into his groove needs to get his confidence back and just get his rhythm back because we've seen how good he can be. Gio Lo Celso, um, God, he's a, he's a funny funny player that boy isn't he? He's a funny funny player because I look, I don't blame him entirely. I think both him and Basuma in that first half were quite quiet. As I've said, the reasons with the you know, struggling with the the lack of, I guess, support from behind them. Probably being more conscious of the fact that they will have to play slightly more defensively because we have this makeshift defence in behind them. Yeah, it's always going to be in the back of their minds. So I think, you know, he... I I didn't think he was particularly bad in the first half, don't get me wrong, but I I just don't think he was particularly great, is all I'm saying. Um, So... I think second half, though, he got into the game a lot more. He was moving the ball around nicely. Um, he was he was starting to, I think, as legs were starting to get more tired, I think he's got quite an engine on him, actually, La Celso, I would say. Um, or at least I think he knows when to use his energy. It's quite an interesting thing. And I notice this quite a lot from Argentina, right? I don't know if that is something he's picked up from Argentina. But if you watched Argentina during the World Cup, and if you do ever watch them, they're not really like completely gung-ho. They are quite pragmatic. And I I think they tend to play in these sort of like flurries. They tend to kind of, there will be times when you're watching like Argentina and you think they're just kind of strolling the ball around pretty lackadaisically, knocking the ball about pretty kind of you know, calm, collected, not really working that hard. And then bang, they just suddenly go for it. They've got this, I don't know, it's a really interesting style that Scaloni had them playing, definitely in the World Cup and still now. Um, and I, I kind of find that from La Celso a bit. Sometimes I, I like look at him and I'm like, he's just sort of wandering about. And I, I don't know how like, how useful he's being. And then other times I just, he suddenly just like clicks into this mode where he's, running he's providing an option for somebody who's on the ball he gets the ball and he does those driving runs forwards sometimes maybe i think he could learn to make a pass a little earlier but i mean what the the elephant in the room the the crucial bit i'm missing here is what a goal like it, for the second goal for the equalizer beautiful goal so well taken lovely on the edge of their box to buy this time to make to make a better angle for himself and to just knock it past the keeper. Lovely, lovely goal. And that's not easy to do. It's not easy to do against Edison at all. Like, Edison's a, a, a top, top keeper. I'd, I'd rather have Vicario, I'm not going to lie. I'm being brutally honest. But he's a top keeper. Um, and that was a lovely goal from La Celso. So, look, when everyone's fit, I still don't think he makes my Tottenham team. You know? I still don't think he makes the team. But... It's not just about a first 11, right? It's a squad of players, as we're seeing right now. So I think it's kind of a moot point, and it's a sort of redundant, not criticism, but it's a redundant point to make. 
by saying, oh, I don't know if this lad makes the first 11 anymore. I realise I'm policing myself here. But do you know what I mean? It's one of those conversations that's always had in football. Who makes the first 11? What's the best 11? When all our best players are fit. Just don't think it really works that way. Different players for different occasions, right? That's a bit of a David Brink quote, isn't it? <laughs> um, Dejan Kulisevsky. Deki, Deki, Deki. What a player, man. What a player. I love seeing him play in this number 10 role. I was hoping to see him play in the number 10 role for a while. He's been hoping to see himself play in the number 10 role. And he is grabbing onto it with both hands. He's grabbing onto it to such a degree that I'm actually kind of feeling like I don't know how against I would be seeing Kulisevsky start down the middle, Johnson to his right, and Madders to his left. I don't know. I'm just saying. Or maybe Johnson on the left and Madders on the right. I don't know. Because I don't think really, like this this style we play, they're not really, they don't stay out on the wing either, do they? They come inside, they get involved in the play. Everyone's kind of, you know, what is it? It's like a fluid formation. Everyone's interchanging. They're all weaving in and out of one another. But Kulisevsky, he's a lovely playmaker. He works so hard. And also, I think this sometimes gets overlooked. He's such a physical presence in the centre of the park. He reminds me a lot, playing in that position before, I think I've said this before, he reminds me of Oscar, who used to play for Chelsea, who was a kind of flair player. He was Brazilian. He had a lot of flair to him, technically brilliant. But also, he was a hard worker and he was tough in that kind of number 10 sort of position for Chelsea. And I do see quite a bit of that with Kulisevsky. He sort of breaks the mould a bit. And I really like that about him. I really like that. Um, we're starting to see, I really think we're starting to see the best of Kulisevsky again. He, he, you know, I think it's taking him a bit of time for him to get used to Ange's system and all that type of thing. And I don't think he's been bad at any point. It's just been, as I've said in the past, too often it feels like we're saying, well, he worked really hard today. He put in a shift. And what you want to see from Kulisevsky is him being this creative outlet, is him being a goal scorer. We haven't seen enough of that from him, but we are starting to see that from him. And whether that's as a result of him playing in this central position or whether that's a result of him just getting more settled within this team, I don't know. But what I will say of him, again, for a player who is so young, who people forget is younger, I think younger than Phil Foden, younger than Saka, right? Or might be the same age. Either way, he's taken on a lot of responsibility, right? A lot of responsibility, playing in this playing for this team while we're this depleted and not just overall in an overarching sense I'm talking about in a in an in-game sense he always takes it on his shoulders he always always steps up always he's got such a mature head on his shoulders for such a young player and he works so hard I really 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 think he his kind of contribution to the team sometimes goes under the radar I really love him. Like, I really, really love him. He's such a good player and just such a... What a goal as well. What a lovely goal. Well-taken-headed goal. So reminiscent of as well. The provider turns goal scorer of the goal he put on a plate for Harry Kane for us to beat Man City at the Etihad. That kind of header that down into the ground. Yet, yeah, if you are watching on video, you'll have just seen me <laughs> showcasing my heading prowess there. Um... Lovely goal, lovely player, brilliant, like wonderful, really loved it. Brennan Johnson, I thought was really good today. I, I did think he was really good. Like there were times when he was quite quiet because, you know, City had a bit of a stranglehold on us, but I think he was always causing problems to them. I think he, I think he's a lovely player. I really do like him. I think he's a great bit of business. Was skeptical at first. What is it? 50, 60 mil we spent on him give or take, around that sort of region from Nottingham Forest. A somewhat unproven player, but I think he's lovely. I think he's a lovely little footballer. Beg your pardon. Um, yeah, really good. Really good. Really impressed with, with him and his contribution to the team and what he's done today. I think he, he's, he links up beautifully with Sonny. I think he links up very well with Kulisevsky as well, especially when Kulis is playing in this central position. I like seeing the two of them um, having a bit of an interchange. It's very, very nice. Really nice. Um, Brian Hill. 
you know, brothers and sisters of the Brian Hill will come good cult. I'm officially a part, have been officially a part of that. I'm just not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know. I don't think he's done anything bad, but I, I just don't think he was really very good. And as much as I moan about Hoybier, I think I said I never wanted to see him play for Spurs again. I think... I think it was the right decision to take him off. I don't know. I'm not... I don't know. Let's give him more time. Give him more time. I'm not going to come to any rash, rash decisions on him yet. Um, just is what it is from him today, I thought. Sonny... I thought good performance from Sonny. Unfortunately, with the own goal, obviously. Um, well taken first goal. Um, and to be fair to Hill, uh, after I've just said that, to be fair to him, he did put that goal on the plate for Sonny for the first one. So, you know, he's he's done something there, hasn't he? But Sonny, <laughs> he's done something there. He's done something there. An assist away at the Etihad. After I've just said he did nothing today. Um, he's, but he's done something. That's proper football man language, that, isn't it? Right. Um, yeah. Sonny, you know, I think he's perfect for this system. I think he's perfect in that position. I love him, you know. Sonny's Sonny, isn't he? Like, he's... He's good. He's, Sonny is good. But another goal for him... Um, well, two goals really, if you uh, if you think about it. Um, but yeah, interesting. Um, Oliver Skip, pretty good when he came on. I thought, as much as he's a player that always gets pelters. Saw somebody saying today, like uh, or the other day, I don't know. All blur, they all blur into one, don't they now? Because um, Harry Winks scored that last minute winner, didn't he? At Les for Leicester. People saying, oh, see, this is what Skip would do. Skip will go down to the championship and blah, blah. I think it's harsh, man. I think Skip's, Skip's a decent player. Like Everyone just wants to jump on him. But homegrown talent. He's a squad player. Doesn't kick up a fuss about not playing all the time. And I think he more often than not does a good job when he comes off the bench. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. I think he was fine today. Like Not every single player is going to be a superstar in a team. People need to learn this, man. Like... You know, it's fine. Pierre Mahoybier is all right when he came on, wasn't he? But it's just Hoybier doing Hoybier things. You know, I just find him uninspiring player. He's not going to go anywhere in January now, is he? Unfortunately, because of Ben Tanker's injury. Um, is what it is. Fine. Richarlison, uh, you know, was on for minutes. Didn't really have anything to do. Um, Jamie Donnelly, as I was saying earlier, lovely to see him come on the pitch, make his debut, 3-3 away at the Etihad. Something for him to remember. Um, I think it probably means we're going to see more from him in the not-so-distant future, you'd imagine, right? So, you know, the signs are positive for everybody that is desperate to see more of our young players, more of them in action. The signs are good. The signs are good. So, you know, let's have it. Let's have it. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a win. Stop saying it's a win. It's not a win. We drew 3-3. That's why we're so timpot. That's why Harry Kane left us. I'm part of the problem. It's me. It's me taking draws as wins. You know? I'll be out there parading my kids on the pitch after we've drawn somewhere. Away at the Etihad. There you go. Like we've won the pitch. Won the pitch. Fuck. Like we've won the game. We haven't. But, you know... Might as well have done. Might as well have done because it's a good result. It's a good result, isn't it? I don't think any of us were expecting that. And even though, even those of you, you cowards, that did try to do the whole, oh, I think we're going to get something at the Etihad. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Stop lying, right? Everybody thought we were going to get done here. And we were happy with it because we were like, oh, that means we played Ange Postacoglu's football. But we did play Ange Postacoglu's football. And we've come away from the Etihad having drawn 3-3. It's 
absolutely mad that Pep Guardiola <laughs> has such I just again I reflect back on this has just such a weird weird rattled blind spot for Tottenham I don't get it I really don't get it because we're not the Harry Kane team anymore are we peppy lad we're not the Harry Kane team anymore what are you gonna say what are you gonna say fella what are you gonna say mad it's mad but we've done it we've done it so there we go on to the next West Ham smelly smelly West Ham um thanks for tuning in thanks for watching if you are watching thanks for listening if you are listening um this week on the uh, on the podcast on the main feed, I did give you a sort of Black Friday, Cyber Monday look at what the Patreon is like. If you do want to sign up to Patreon, patreon.com slash rtrpod. Um, there's lots of stuff on there, so you can go through and have a listen. Yay! Um, if you don't want to do that, if you can't, it's Christmas time. Time's hard. I get that completely. Um, please just share the pod. Like it. Leave a review. Share it on Reddit. Share it on Twitter. Share it wherever. You know, wherever you like to share stuff is good. Facebook. Share it on Facebook with all your racist relatives. Give you something to talk about um, ahead of Christmas. So when they start talking about, you know, immigration and stuff, you can say, hey, what about that that Rule the Roost podcast I shared with you? See? You know what I mean? There you go. There you go. That's thinking. That's thinking. But, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Much love, everyone. Up the Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.